You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you for being here. Happy Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. This week on the podcast, my guest is Dana Watson, the head coach and owner of 360 Nutrition. We just got back from vacation, so we talked about that a little bit, and then we also dove into how to have a healthy relationship with food, how to change the way you talk about it, goal setting with nutrition. So all things nutrition on this episode, I hope you guys enjoy And without further ado, here is Dana Watson. And we're back, fresh off vacation. Dana, thank you for being here today. I live here, (laughs) but you're welcome. Yeah, well, now we're in studio. Finally have uh, have both microphones, so hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better today. It's just funny, like the progression of the podcast, how I go from doing it in my mom's attic. Now, it's not an official studio, but I have better it's got some new equipment yeah and i looked into the microphone the i messed up the hdmi jack and they actually sent a new one and we're like you don't have to send the old one back so the best yeah so hopefully that that improves the quality um if it doesn't sound perfect i apologize i'm trying to you don't need to apologize this is growing this is you okay well don't apologize for things i just want to make it sound the best i possibly could yeah so we you just will. got back from vacation. We went to Providence, Rhode Island. We went to a few other stops. What were your thoughts? I'm just really glad and thankful that Kim recommended Block Island. That was the best part of our trip. I mean, I could have spent all day on that one beach. Yeah, that was so cool with the the big dunes and just kind of like cliffs and everything yeah and we didn't we wouldn't have even known that spot if those people haven't told us i know we ran into these people at the one lighthouse and the lighthouse was kind of lame i'm surprised that the guy recommended going there but we saw the lighthouse and then these people came up to us and we're like oh have you guys been to painted rock and we're like no we just got here (laughs) and this is our first stop and they were like yeah just go down and find the painted rock well that took a little while but you know i'm so glad i really thought we were going on somebody's private property (laughs) It was funny too because at first, like I thought those people were just kind of like weird talking to us, and then and then we got to, so we had to like walk down the hill. There was like boards. It was just a really random spot, and then it opened up to this beach. There were giant rocks everywhere. It was just such a cool, yeah, amazing. Cool site. I posted all the pictures on my Instagram. I don't know if you posted any yet. No, I haven't yet, but I have to post them. It was just so nice to get outside of the routine. I feel like this year we've been doing the same thing basically day in and day out. We have some variation like the the people that I'm talking to with the podcast, but it's every day I'm kind of waking up at the same time, drinking coffee at the same time. What's uh what do you think has been like your routine kind of getting outside of it? Did that feel good being on vacation? Yeah, I loved getting away. I mean, same thing, like you said, we're just doing the same thing day in and day out, going to the gym. And I love our lives right now. I absolutely love everything about what's going on. I mean, obviously, despite COVID and shit like that, but 
it's just amazing being able to spend all this time doing what I'm doing with nutrition and spending time with you and going to the gym, seeing our friends. I'm having a, I'm having a blast. Do you have a hard time with productivity, like since we have so much time? I don't know. I was actually thinking about that this morning. Like I, I feel like I do get distracted sometimes, but I also, like you see me make lists. I make lists and make sure that I get everything done that I want to accomplish for that day. And as long as I do the majority of what's on the list, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's kind of being kind to yourself because you do have all this time. So, And even like getting distracted on Instagram, I think there's there's so much good content out there that even if you're kind of scrolling through and you're following good people, you're kind of uplifted and motivated. It's not like you're just scrolling on random people's pictures and kind of not getting anything out of it. There's a lot of, as for you, good nutrition coaches who give out a lot of good information. Yeah. So I think just viewing that kind of as work when you're on Instagram, it's it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to get on the topic, the relationship with food. Since we were just on vacation, we kind of ate we treated ourselves yeah, a few times. We had some treat meals and definitely outside the norm, but I think a lot of people speak about food as black and white, good or bad. Like I ate this, this was a good choice or this was a bad choice. So as a nutrition coach, is that something you see right in the beginning that people have kind of a flawed mindset, how they talk to themselves about food? I think the majority, yes, they do you know, use the words good and bad, or, you know, I'm pretty good during the week and then I'm really bad on the weekends. And they feel like they have this loss of control. And, you know, sometimes I see a lot of people where, not even just my clients, but people in general, our friends or whoever we talk to that say, you know, oh, I'm going to McDonald's for lunch or I'm going out to this place, you know, I might as well, I'm already screwing up, so I might as well just blow the rest of the day and add this, this, and this, and, you know, add the ice cream, add the desserts, add some candy, you know. I've been that person for a long time. Like, if if it was Saturday and after, normally Saturday is my big workout day, heavy snatch, heavy, heavy clean and jerk. So I always thought, you know, I, I need extra recovery. So I need the ice cream. I need the burritos. And instead of getting one burrito, I'm like, well, I already had one, so I might as well get two. And then <laughs> I still I, don't understand how you ate two burritos. <laughs> and then, you know, you eat the burritos and you're like, well, I need the ice cream too. And you kind of, I think you rationalize it in your own head. Like, this is going to be good for my recovery. This is going to, you know, help me sleep better. When in reality, probably both those things aren't true. There's Right. And a lot of people say the term cheat day also. Like if... If there's someone who's not one of my clients, but, you know, where I used to work, there were tons of people that knew that I was into fitness and nutrition, and they would talk to me and say, oh, yeah, we, we ordered pizza for lunch. You know, it's a cheat day. We can have this. And it's like, well, I don't like to consider it a cheat day, and I don't even like the term cheat meal. You know, it can be a treat meal. You can treat yourself to something, um, but that boils back down to the relationship and the mindset around food being good or bad. So I definitely allow a lot of flexibility with what I eat right now and what my clients are eating. So it's about balance. Being in the corporate office, like kind of when you have all those options available, when like at Vanguard, we would basically order food at least once a week 
And I think a lot of it was preparation that people just don't have lunch. And then they're like, oh, there's pizza here. So I don't need to spend money that day. But I think like, do you have any talks with your clients about being prepared? So if cheat day doesn't turn into Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. And a lot of times it does boil down to organization and being prepared and allowing yourself the time in the morning rather than rushing around. And when we rush, we just get flustered and that's when we kind of give up, right? We say, oh, you know what? I don't have time to make the sandwich. I don't have time to put the leftovers together. I'll just buy lunch today. And that's when it turns into the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So if we can just set an alarm 10 minutes earlier, you know, go to bed 10 minutes earlier the night before and then wake up 10 minutes earlier that morning, get yourself prepared, get organized, you know, pack the lunch, make the healthier choices. That way you save a lot of money too. I think a lot of times too, like how I've been talking about habits a lot lately, that it doesn't have to be the dramatic shift. You don't have to meal prep on Sunday for four hours. Like it could just be as simple as making a sandwich in the morning, like you said, or just doing something small. Like it doesn't even have to be, you don't have to have the cleanest choice, but it's about more having the best option. So if you go to McDonald's, there are good options. And like even on vacation, there was a a day where we had, I had clam chowder and I think you had some kind of lobster roll or something. And the lobster roll, yeah. And we just felt like absolute shit after, like all day. And it wasn't, I mean, that's going to happen once in a while. You're going to eat something that just upsets your stomach a little bit. But we were still going out to dinner at night and we both got salads. Like we didn't treat the entire day like, oh, we already feel like shit. So let's get more. Keep (laughs) going. Yeah. 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 So I think a lot of people struggle with that, that like the day kind of. It just keeps rolling. It's a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. And now, like, as we're getting into football season, you have, you go to a party on Sunday and it's like... Mac and cheese, pizza, buffalo wings, (laughs) like, all of it. Yeah. Do you think, like, people should set up their weeks, like, with the intention that, hey, Sunday I might, or I'm going to a party, like, I might have some, some pizza, I might have some mac and cheese... Do you think people should get ready during the week? Like, hey, I'm not going to eat any, you know, like junk food per se. Well, I mean, it's again, it's about balance, right? So one day or one meal is not going to derail your goals and it's not going to just throw you off the bandwagon and, you know, just spiral down from there. But I do think that if you know something is coming up, an event, a wedding, a party, a birthday, Something that you're going to, I do feel like, you know, you want to be pretty smart about what you're eating that week. If you know you're going to indulge a little bit more than you usually would on the weekend, you know. Um, I also think that if you're going to watch a football game at a friend's house or if you're going to a birthday party, bring a healthy option that you would want to eat that's still tasty, right? You can make a healthy buffalo dip. You can bring celery and cauliflower and broccoli and things to dip that in where it's not necessarily just the chips and tons of cheese and all the really good tasting stuff, but not necessarily the stuff that's going to make you feel your best. Yeah, and I think one thing I was thinking about, like how we talked about good versus bad, like looking at purpose for eating something, like is 
what you're eating. So if you're doing a workout later, are you going to feel your best if you ate pizza for lunch? Probably not. But if you're eating, you know, chicken, you're eating complex carbs, you're probably going to feel better for what's later to come, don't you think? Yeah, but you know what's funny? A lot of people don't know that they feel like shit until they start to feel better. So until they start to eat better and in turn they feel better. So I know a lot of people that, you know, at my old workplace, they would have the worst diets I have ever seen. Like I don't know how somebody can eat Chinese food every single day of the week. I really don't. But, you know, to each their own. Um, But people who have not the best diets and they don't eat the best foods and they're not the healthiest people, they think they feel fine because that's how they're used to feeling. But until they change up their diet and until they make better choices and change and see the progress and the difference, then, you know, they're just going to keep going down that path. Do you think there's anything like you can specifically look at if you're, if you don't know that you're feeling bad, but is there any like red flags that you like can, in your body? Yeah. I mean, that, that your body kind of tells you. I mean, I think you need to look at how tired you are through the days. Are you ready to wake up in the morning or do you not want to get out of bed? How thirsty are you throughout the day? Um, how often are you using the bathroom? That's something to talk about too. Um, you know, just really listening to what your body has to say. A lot of people don't do that either. So I think that's important just listening to what your body is telling you because it does actually, it's really interesting. It does tell you exactly what it needs. So it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, once that nutritious food at once. And you can I think if you if you never eat salad or you never eat, you know, chicken and complex carbs, I always go back to that example because that's basically all I eat. Yes. But <laughs> but your body almost craves that. Like the one day when we had had the clam chowder and lobster bisque, I was like, I just need vegetables. (laughs) I ate like just a bowl of spinach when we were sitting in bed because I was like, I just need something nutritious. But that's also because you're used to that nutritious meal, like the nutritious, um, whatever, whatever you eat. Yeah. Your, your meal plan. Yeah. So, so how do you recommend people go just like making the small changes? So you don't want to, you know, a lot of times people go on these 30 pounds in 30 days or they go on keto and like, I'm not going to eat a carb for the rest of the year. So what changes? Yeah, a lot of restriction. I hear that a lot. Yeah. So like what simple changes can people make like right now? Well, you're exactly right where I would never recommend cutting out an entire food group unless there is a specific reason why, or if we're doing like a trial and error thing. But a lot of people who want to make a change, generally it's January 1st, you know, new year, new you. But if they go to wanting to make those changes, they do it drastically. And that's when it doesn't last. So simple can be effective. Simple, small changes. Um, Did you ask me what simple changes? Yeah, like what specifically? Uh, So instead of having, say your dinner plate consists of pasta, chicken, and really no vegetables, incorporate a salad in there. Still have the pasta, still have the chicken, but add a vegetable maybe. Um, If your plate consists of, you know, a vegetable, some steak, and tons of mashed potatoes because you need the mashed potatoes with steak. I think that's like a thing, steak and potatoes. Um, You know, 
slash the portion of potatoes in half. Um, those are some small changes because you can still have those foods. It's just altering the amounts that you're eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you recommend like beginners start tracking their food? Do you, do you like have clients do MyFitnessPal or Chronometer right away? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily say that they need to do it. Um, I ask them if they've ever tracked before because there's a lot of misconceptions with tracking and there's a lot of false entries in some of those um, apps like MyFitnessPal. So it's tough to go from never tracking to making somebody track. So I ask them if they've tracked before. If they have, then we can go down that path if they want to. I just have to see what level they're at. You know, I need to make sure that they're in the right mindset to track their food. Um, if they've had history of disordered eating, we might not be tracking every calorie and every macronutrient. We might be doing it a different way. We might be using hand-sized portions. Um, we might be basing it solely on habits and how they feel and getting in tune with their body. So every person is different, and I think that they require different types of coaching. Yeah, and I think like coaching too is how well you can describe the complex as simple as possible. So like can you get a person who's never tracked their food, how can you explain that? If you're a good coach, you're going to be able to explain the purpose and why we're doing it in a term for someone who's never done anything like that, you know? Like you don't, uh, I think a lot of coaches, especially you kind of see, you filter through it on Instagram, but people get caught up in that last 5% that this is exactly what you need to do. This is the exact portion of vegetables you need. This is you need to be drinking 86 ounces of water but like yeah. a lot of times it's just those simple those simple things that that have the the lasting effect right and everyone gets different results too i just i posted about this on either monday or it was last week that you can follow the same exact plan that a fitness guru on instagram is raving about you can follow their exact plan but you're not going to get the exact same results you're going to get your own results and that's why everyone needs to follow a plan that's suited for them. Yeah, even with the macros, you see like a lot of, I know when Paige was on the podcast the first time, I think she was saying she ate like 400 grams of carbs. If you're not training six hours a day, if you try eating 400 grams of carbs, regardless of what the source is of them, you're probably going to gain some weight. Probably, yeah. <laughs> So it, yeah, you might see that, that fitness influencer say, this is the diet I use. These are the macros I use. If you see this, you'll get results. And it's a lot of times You know what's funny also? Um, I think it's cool that a lot of the, so I have a friend who goes on Instagram and finds coaches and finds like who they want to work with based on how big their Instagram is and, and what they put out there. But honestly, I do think that the best coaches, and I'm not in that category, you know, I'm still new, I'm still learning. I'm not gonna say that I'm the best coach, but I do follow some people that I would classify as amazing coaches. And they are ones to say, do not follow what I do. And people will ask them in the Q&A, like, oh, what are your macros? What macros do you follow? And it's like, it doesn't matter what I follow. It matters what works for you. So that's how, that's how I would differentiate a coach who just wants to get clients and just giving out like, oh, this is what I eat in a day. This is how I get results. 
uh, versus, yeah, this is what I do, but that's not right for you, you know? I think that's with everything, like business, whatever you're doing. You can follow, you know, Warren Buffett, but you're not going to be a billionaire. You can do, there's a lot of videos or articles that say, this is what Warren Buffett does in a day. If you do them, you're not going to be a billionaire. Like you, you can do the same exact routine that he does. And it's just, it's different because you're two different people. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, I mean, a lot of us just want the answers. Like we want to be told that this is what diet you need to follow. This is exactly how much you need to eat. And these are the results that you're going to get. But in reality, there's nothing that's going to be the same for two people. Yeah. I think there are people out there that do offer like, hey, this is exactly what you need to be eating and you'll see some results. And they probably will see results, but that's not how I coach. I don't give meal plans and I don't tell them exactly how much they need to eat per se. You know, it's... It's them realizing what they eat and how that makes them feel and what results we get based on, you know, week after week of doing different habits. Yeah, a lot of times, like, do you do you think the clients that you've gotten so far want to be told or are they kind of finding out the longer that they work with you, the less that they need to be told and the more that they need to dial it in kind of themselves? Yeah, I've had both. I've had some clients expect to be told, okay, I need you need to eat half a sweet potato and uh, one and a half cups of green beans and all that shit. But, you know, most of the clients uh, I think are, I've gotten good feedback, I mean, so far that they like the way that I do it and they like kind of dialing, in, dialing it in themselves. And that's how really people learn. It's not... You learn more when you have to figure it out yourself. Um, so I'm there to guide them through the process. And I will absolutely, you know, give my suggestions if they're open to hearing them. But I, I want them to learn because then it'll last. That's my hope. How do you go about goal setting with clients? I think because a lot of people, you know, you have this idea what working with the nutrition coach is going to be. I'm 250 pounds right now and I want to be 160. So like, are you telling people that sometimes like we need to reevaluate your goals? Or are you like, no, if you set this goal, we can do it together. <laughs> um, it depends on what the goal is. So if I'm a very realistic person and I give it to them straight, I'm going to tell them, listen, that goal is ridiculous and there's no way we're going to reach that in your time frame, or you know, that goal is definitely achievable and it's reasonable for you. So it just, again, it depends on the client's, the client's goal. But I tell them if they come to me with a, an unreasonable expectation, like they want to lose 50 pounds in two or three months, it's just like, okay, well, that's not going to happen and this is why. If you find someone that says you can lose 50 pounds in three months, yeah, it probably is possible. But it's not going to last. You're not going to keep it off. Um, and do you want to do it that way where you restrict the hell out of your diet? Or do you want to do it in a way where you can still actually enjoy a slice of pizza and you can still enjoy a glass of wine here or there? So I think, I mean, the clients that I've taken through the process, they enjoy still being able to have the foods that they like. Um, and they're still seeing results, which I love. 
Yeah, I remember hearing on Joe Rogan, this one guy, Joe DeSena, he's the founder of Spartan Race. He was saying that he hosts people at his house. So he has like a ranch in, uh, I think, New Hampshire or Vermont. But he has people come. And this one guy was like 600 pounds. He signed up for a Spartan Race. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he finished the Spartan Race, which Joe DeSena like reached out to him and was like, how the fuck did you finish this if you're 600 pounds? <laughs> But well, it took them like, what, 21 hours or something? I think they said it would take the average person like between 60 to 90 minutes and it took him like seven hours, but he still ended up finishing and he went to live with Joe DeSena for, for like a month or two and he, maybe it was longer than that. I forget how long it was, but he lost a ridiculous amount of weight and yeah, he like had- Yeah, like hundreds of pounds, didn't he? Like, I want to say like 300 pounds or 400 pounds. But he restricted him to only eating raw fruits and vegetables for months on end, and he was hiking 20 miles a day. So, like, what life can you live if you're hiking? I would want to die. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that guy did. But And then he was saying, he was literally saying, like, after a month after he did that, he went back into civilization. He gained 100 pounds right back. Mm-hmm. So these uh, these people who will tell you that your goal's achievable and – that yeah you can lose 100 pounds in three months it's just not gonna last no what do you do i want to ask like you personally since since you've been nutrition coaching like have you found it harder or easier to stick with your own nutrition stuff um so i follow you know i follow pretty flexible nutrition right now i allow the cookie dope (laughs) shout out cookie dope in westchester go there if you haven't already (laughs) Um, Anthony needs to get back there. He tried to go. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I follow pretty flexible nutrition right now. Um, I am going through a couple like injury things. So I've increased food. I've increased calories over the last couple weeks and I love it so far. Um, eating more food is always a good thing, but yeah, I, I find that I, I, So you need to play the part, right? If you're a fitness professional, you need to look like you're a fitness professional. If you're a nutrition coach, you should probably look like you're a nutrition coach. Um, But I in no means have a six pack or anything like that. But, you know, I also enjoy food and I am happy with how I perform in the gym. I'm happy with how I feel. I'm happy with my sleep. I'm happy with, you know, my activity level. So... I do find that I need to make sure that I'm still playing that role um, and I'm not posting that we're out getting Lorenzo's like every weekend, which we don't do. We only do a couple times, but I feel sometimes I feel like, oh shit, I'm posting pizza again. Like, you know, I don't eat pizza all the time, but it's that perception of social media. So I don't know. Did that answer the question? Yeah. And I think like your diet goes in waves, so you're not going to always have a lot of people on Instagram have six pack all the time and look shredded all the time. And it's like, there's going to be times where you need to increase calories and you're, you're just not going to have abs at that point. And yeah. you're probably going to perform better in the gym. Absolutely. I was just going to say that, like you can be completely shredded and you can look, you know, your best that quote unquote, your own best, but your performance is probably not going to be your best performance. So again, it depends on the person, the goals. If you want to be an amazing athlete in the gym, you might not be shredded all the time because, you know, you'll probably feel better if you eat a little bit more food. 
that's something that you've taught me for sure that like I always wanted to look shredded because when I was doing CrossFit and training twice a day and just being ridiculous like with my food I looked amazing yeah you were eating like no fat yeah and but I wasn't like I wasn't snatching more than 125 pounds like I wasn't strong and now I'm seeing when when there are off seasons and 2020 has been basically (laughs) an off off season (laughs) (laughs) this whole year has been an off season but you can tell when you when you make changes that you feel better and I might sleep better than I did back then because I've made these these increases to food. So it's not like you can't cut all the time. I think a lot of people yeah. think you need to you need to look your best all the time because a lot of times it's just perception. So you can post it on Instagram how how cut you are, but it's yeah, it, it's just it doesn't last. And you shouldn't cut all the time either. You shouldn't be in diet mode all the time. It's not good for your body. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your health. You know, I feel like if some people find a a diet that they like to follow, it's and they start seeing results. It's like, oh, I'm just going to eat like this forever, and that's not really what you should be doing. You can go on a diet for a little while. You can follow a certain program for a little while, but then you have to cut it off. You know, to an extent, you have to increase calories a little bit, and then over a period of time, then you can go back to the diet and lose a little bit more. So when you work with a nutrition coach, they will tell you essentially you know we cut for this period of time or we maintain for this period of time and then we go into the cut or then we go into the maintenance phase it just it's that roller coaster so with nutrition coaching i think a lot of people their perception is i only need to work with a nutrition coach if i need to lose weight but what do you say to the people who are just trying to maintain or or trying to boost their performance or maybe even gain some weight yeah, I think it's important for people to dial in what they're eating, how they're feeling, how their sleep is, all of those things that we've already talked about. I think it's important for people to recognize that. And I have people that wanted to just improve their overall health and improve their athletic performance. And they have seen really amazing results throughout Um Some have lost a little bit of weight, but others have just changed their body composition in ways that they are putting on some muscle and they're doing better in the gym, but they're losing a few inches off their waist because, you know, they're just eating better. Um, So we dial into that. We talk about what are best options for the individual. That's good. I like that because it's a lot of people just going with that perception. I need to lose weight. Who's the, who's the best nutrition coach I can get? Not like, oh, I need to look at my habits. I need to look at my sleep. So I think that's good that, that you can give that accountability to people. And a lot of us have never had education surrounding food. Like I took a nutrition class in college. It was, I think it was nutrition, nutrition 301 or 201 or whatever. But I think the only thing I learned in that class was like there's four grams of or four calories of protein and carbs and uh, nine grams. I'm, nine calories I'm and fat. <laughs> so you're the nutrition coach, not me. But that's literally all I learned was was that. And like we we did like a tracking exercise. But I remember even the government website, like trying to match up the nutrition labels, they were all off. So it was like, just, I think a lot of people just lack that accountability or even general knowledge about food yeah general knowledge is big because 
I mean, I even had a, a youth client who I worked with her and, you know, essentially worked with her and her mom. And she learned some stuff in school, but she didn't learn, you know, things that we went over. So I was happy to work with her there and she was appreciative too. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and it's just, it goes back to you don't have to to lose weight or you don't have to want to take six inches off your, your belly line. You can do it to, to just gain that. The knowledge and to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we talked about kind of being flexible. What, uh, what advice would you give to weight class athletes? So a lot of weightlifters listening to this podcast, you have to be a certain weight on game day. So what's, what's your kind of take around, like, you know, when you should start looking at your weight, when you should start dialing in your nutrition, start to eat? You are know, we talking, higher quality food. Yeah, are we talking like higher level athletes? Like you who's going to nationals or someone who's going to a meet, you know, that wants to like really perform? Let's do both. Let's talk about like the general person right now. So like me, for yeah, instance. So so you're, you technically have to be a certain weight class, but you don't really need to be. Yeah, I don't need to be. I mean, I could lift at the 59 kilo category or I could lift at the 64. It just depends on whether or not I want to cut to a 59 or, you know, where I'm at that day. Um, but for me, it's not going, it's not like I'm going to meddle in either category, you know, once I get to masters though, it, I'm coming for, I'm coming for it. Um, but for you and people who are going to nationals and people who are doing really big, high level meets, you know, you essentially know what weight class that you want to compete in. Um, and I always recommend training in um, leading up to the meet, you know, a few kilos over your weight class because you're going to perform most optimally in the gym. You're going to build more muscle. Um, you're going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. And then once we get closer to the meet, two to three weeks out, I would like the athlete to be at their weight class. And then we maintain there. But we need to make sure that we're making small changes. You're not, you know, training at uh 68 kilos and you need to get down to 64 you know Mm -hmm. that's that's a big difference um especially in a few weeks time so you have to just pay attention to where you're training um i do know some high level athletes especially there are some girls too that train you know 10 kilos over (laughs) what they compete in um and that takes some skill and determination to restrict and get themselves down. But for the average person and for um, an athlete like you, you know, you train, you're what, 70? You've been 70 for a while. Yeah, so about three, about six pounds over. Yeah, so you'll you'll cut down essentially to a 67 when you get to nationals. Yeah. That's what you need to compete in, so. Yeah, and I think it, it does have to be gradual. Um, Absolutely. You can't do the, I know like I watch a bunch of UFC and those guys are cutting 30, 40 pounds in three days. Yeah. And then and then they get back up. So I Imagine I, how you feel though. How do you feel if you have to cut thirty pounds in the matter of a week? I mean, it's just not there's other ways to do it. There's yeah. other ways that you still feel good, you still perform well in the gym. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's gonna have a different opinion though. This is just my opinion, my approach. Yeah. There's e- there's even um some talk in different fighting uh, like promotions that don't allow weight cutting at all. So you have to, 
I think they have like a 10% body weight restriction. So if you're 150 pounds, the max you can lose is 15 pounds Mm -hmm. when some people might have been cutting from 190 pounds to fight at 155, which is is insane. But I think it also is like a, it's also a discipline thing. Like how, how disciplined can you be? And if you're the average person, like, do you really need to be that disciplined? If you're 75 kilos and you want to make it down to the 71 kilo category you have to look at why yeah you know like is that where you're going yeah yeah Yeah. you have to look at why like if i weighed in at 65 but i really wanted to lift in 59 it's like why why do i need to lift in 59 am i going to break a world record no am i going to win a medal no unless it's a participation medal (laughs) like there's no reason for that to happen but if you're one to three kilos off, honestly, that's doable. And if you have a few weeks, it's absolutely doable to get down to the weight class that you need to be or want to be slowly and, you know, without losing strength. Yeah. And every weightlifting coach should tell you that you should not cut weight for your first meet. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think any meet, you really shouldn't be cutting weight because the goal unless you're at the highest level, the goal is to lift the most amount of weight possible. So to do that, you want to be, you want to have more weight. You want to have more muscle. Yeah. It's hard to tell that to females though. (laughs) Yeah. So what's that conversation? Like, have you had to, you know, tell any athletes yet that like, this isn't what you need to be doing? So I haven't come across that yet with any current clients. Um, but it would come down to why do you need to be that weight? And that's just a different conversation dependent on the person. All right. So let's wrap it up. I have the final better than yesterday question for you. Oh, (laughs) I knew you were going to ask me this too. And I'm so unprepared. So if you could give one line of advice that somebody could write on a sticky note to become better than yesterday, what would it be? Well, it's not going to be one line, but I think you're already better than yesterday because you've experienced that day and today's a new day. So you can either learn from things that didn't go as well as you would have liked and change it or things that went well, you can embrace and grow from. Love that. That's definitely that's love something. you. <laughs> I love you too. That's definitely that's something different that that somebody's ever took it. So I like really. That. I like that answer. I yeah. haven't. Well, I haven't listened to all of your podcasts. <laughs> I don't give you that look. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know what I was gonna say. But that makes the most sense to me. So where can people go if they want to work with you? Uh, so they can go to three sixteen nutrition dot com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Dana Lee underscore twenty four or my nutrition page. They can find that through my link tree and stuff. Cool. Well, I will get all that linked up in the show notes. Thank you again for your time. I appreciate you coming (laughs) on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to head over to Dana's Instagram, reach out to her if you have any questions. It's Dana Lee underscore 24 and 360 underscore nutrition. Both of those will be linked up in the show notes, so you can head over there. If you have any questions about stuff we talked about in the episode, Dana will be happy to answer them. If you have any questions about nutrition, make sure to DM Dana. Don't DM me because I know nothing about this topic. And if you guys enjoyed this one, make sure to give it a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave a quick review. Both those things would be absolutely awesome. 
And if you like this one, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode, tag me and tag Dana. That would be a huge help to get the word out for the show. And just thank you guys for the support. I appreciate you coming back week in and week out. And I will talk to you guys on the next one.